And we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraum. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, this uh, episode of the Electric Podcast is sponsored by Pitigo. Uh, for July only, save up to $500 on Pitigo e-bikes, including their newest model, the Avenue. Um, you can uh, find a link to the store, the, to find the nearest store near you in the show notes right now. Thanks, Pedego, for sponsoring this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. All right, let's get ready because we have a lot of news to discuss this week. Unsurprisingly, because it's a it's a Tesla earnings week, which generally some, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But they they release a lot of information that we're discussing, and it was one of those um, uh, this quarter, and also a lot of things also unrelated to the earnings, or maybe that connects the earnings, but that just came out before it too, that uh, is worth looking into. But let, let, let's start with the earnings, the Q2. Yeah, let's go to the, the boring stuff first. I, I say boring, but the financial stuff is boring, but we like to cover it at Tesla, uh, at Electric, about Tesla, because Tesla is the biggest electric-only automakers out there, on top of all the other things they do, obviously, but for the automotive part, it's still vast majority of their revenue and profit um so their financial health at tesla is important for electric transportation globally and especially in the u.s where they own 60 percent of the market share so them being financially healthy is critical and on paper it, lo- it looked very good this quarter so the expectation were 24.2 billions uh, from wall street and uh, 80 cents per share non-gap Earnings, actual deliveries was 91 uh, cent per share. So a significant beat there. And $24.9 billion. So uh, another significant beat also on revenue. So paper looked very good. Uh, you A decrease in gross margin, unsurprisingly, because of the price cuts during the second quarter. But not as bad as people thought it would be. Um, they went from 19.3, which was already down quite a bit previous quarter because there was other price cuts that happened already before that to 18.2. So, and with the current state that the prices are right now, Tesla is not seen as probably needed any significant price cut in the future. So over 15% gross margin, it looks like it's a lock-in for Tesla. And 18.2%, 18.2%, even though it's like way down from the 20 plus percent it was uh, last year, it's still something that most of the automakers envy tremendously. And not only envy for like their, their, their current like mass market vehicles, but it would, would kill for, for the EVs right now because there's not a lot of automakers out there that are making a, a gross margin on a positive gross margin on their EVs. Yeah, I mean, breaking even is like a big, big deal. Yeah. So they were able to add about $700 million to their uh, cash position, cash slash short-term investment, which now sits at $23 billion. Not too shabby. It's a nice little um, um, treasury that they're they're sitting on. And there's been talk. I mean, literally, Elon announced it at one point that Tesla would do a, a share buyback program with that money and everything. But this seemed to have been delayed uh, or canceled. I don't know. So we don't know exactly what Tesla plans to do with that money, but right now they seems to be just a sit-and-wait type of deal, kind of a, a la Apple, let's say. Um, yeah, so 
after that, what came out of the earnings? Uh, well, well, let's talk a bit Cybertruck because there was a big, well, decent Cybertruck detail updates in the earnings, but it came after last weekend, after the last podcast, Tesla surprisingly announced that they, they have built the first Cybertruck at Gigafire Texas and released this, this picture here where the uh, Gigafire Texas uh, crew sort of hides the truck a little bit, um, sort of the... Uh, Human camouflage, if you would say. Uh, but the, the, the caption was first Cybertruck built at Gigafactory, Texas. So we weren't sure what Tesla meant by that because Electric, we had reported just a few weeks or a month prior that uh, Tesla had told suppliers that they are looking at the release candidates. Um, for, so production intent vehicles in late August and production in early October. So to say that they build the first Giga, uh, the first Cybertruck in Texas, it, it sounds like it's maybe like a very early release candidate type of thing. Uh, that so because people took it as like production has started really, uh, and with the update this week, it sort of confirmed it's not this is it's not production at all. Uh, so if we look here, um, a few details that Tesla. Release during their earnings is Cybertrucks remains on track to begin initial production later this year. So clearly not in production right now at Gigafactory Texas. Uh, also, in addition, we continue to make progress on our next generation platform. So that's not much here. Uh, at one point, the, the Tesla does refer to them as release candidate units. Um, we are now testing Cybertruck vehicles around the world for final certification and validation. This might be the most unique vehicle products uh, product in the in decades. Uh, with the with that comes trialing and testing new technologies. So this is good news. Final certification. So Tesla is going through the homologation process in the U.S. Uh, to get that truck certified. They shared a few pictures as you see here. So we see a Cybertruck in Mothers. But a lot of people have a uh, laugh at this picture the, here. The because, wiper uh, man. <laughs> that that wiper looks oh. to be struggling right here. Obviously, this is a. Uh, quite some heavy mudding that the truck is doing right now. So it's not unusual to have uh, that, that, that kind of uh, spread on the windshield. But the angle of the windshield too, it seems to be like, it's kind of a, it, it looks sharp because it is sharp, but it's kind of a slow slope a bit like the, I don't know in degrees what it is, but that also cannot help with um, like cleaning the, the, the windshield, right? No. And then obviously you have that giant windshield wiper that's just on one side. That's also more difficult. And with the dual wiper, there's an intersecting part of it that like dual wipe in the middle. You don't have that here. So yeah. and also like the spray, where does the spray, like when you spray, yeah, come is that from, coming out of the wiper? Is that coming out of the? Probably is normally is. So it would only coming from one side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looks like they could do work here. Speaking of the wiper, you have a good look on it here. This looks to be like some equipment that the actual wiper, the wiper is here. So it's going to like a, a light like submersion test, I guess, here. That, and that, yeah, yeah? That's a, not a great look, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of those pictures would probably be a good selling point. I think uh, maybe Tesla's... And these are pictures that Tesla is choosing to release. Right, the, the press release. <laughs> I, I think they should probably go back. Because we've seen some flattering pictures, especially with the camouflage. Uh, well, you know what they're trying to do here. I think the caption of the picture was like, built for real work or something like that. Because 
kind of a play on Ford. Right. Um, so I think they're trying to show like, oh, this is an actual truck you can do things with. Um, but yeah, I, I understand your point too. You know, they're still trying to hide the truck in many ways. Like they posted two pictures of the production line too, but uh, the chassis here uh, on the production line is covered. So, uh, and I would assume that this is for the picture. Like I don't think that you need that as part of the. I might be wrong, but I don't think you need that as part of the production process. And and here you have another chassis, but uh, obviously just uh, um, just the, the body in white. You don't have the exterior parts that Tesla is trying to hide. So is it, you know, those robots look like they have, they've been through war already. Like they, yeah, they're not uh, sparkling clean. Yeah. Kind of weird. Maybe they repurposed them from the model uh, Y line. I don't know. I maybe. don't know. Yeah. All or, right. Are uh, those paint robots? No. No, no, no. Those are, I think, uh, either welding. Yeah, it looks like a welding robot and some suction cups. So maybe like they're going to put the panels, body panels on them. So wait, are we going to talk about the uh, the exterior? <clears throat> so the the frame being a uh, exoskeleton because we're kind of looking at this thing in the factory, and it doesn't look like an exoskeleton at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, where uh, we said like, if it is an exoskeleton, it looks like there's something that we're not getting, that we're not understanding. Or either that or Tesla is really stretching the meaning of the word exoskeleton, which normally means outside part that are structural part. Um, yeah, I mean, like an internal frame, like every other car has one. So I don't know why they would even bring that up if that's not what they're, if they're talking about something similar. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't know enough about this. To- yeah, I mean, that, that's my thing too about it. I'm like, there's, there's maybe it's, Something is going over my head here, but if I'm just sticking to the definition of an exoskeleton, doesn't seem to match to me. The last bit of information that Tesla released in the earnings about Cybertruck is, as far as we know, Cybertruck will be the first sub-19 feet truck, uh, in parentheses, fitting into a garage. I'm talking about like a 20 feet garage here. Um, that has both four doors and a six plus foot bed. Sorry. Both uh, technologically and architecturally, this vehicle will break a lot of boundaries, very much in line with how we think about vehicle engineering and manufacturing. So we, we kind of knew that this was the goal here, uh, a, a, a truck that fits in the garage. And uh, the six-plus feet bed was mentioned once very early in the production of the Cybertruck uh, program, uh, but not lately. So this is good news. It is a six-foot-plus six bed. Um, the Silverado that- is 5 foot 11. Yeah, that's so. That's a, a, a significant difference. So there's a lot of things that are six foot long that uh, um, you, you would want inside a truck. And obviously, like one of the things that Tesla showcased when they first revealed the Cyber Truck was the Cyber Quad, the, the ATV. So to fit something like a recreational outdoor vehicle, you generally need six feet. Uh, there's things you can do, obviously, uh, opening the opening the gate and uh, securing it differently. But if you can close the gate behind it, it's just an easy solution. Um, okay. Uh, there was other things about the cyber trucks too. Oh yeah. Uh, before the earnings, uh, this is interesting here. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about this because uh, this is something that uh, a few people have talked to me about in recent years that I didn't personally, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, and uh, this could be a big deal for a cyber truck is the seat. 
Uh, Tesla has revealed the seat of the Cybertruck uh, through this video showcasing their bot robot is what I'm calling it. It's a robot that simulates a bot. Rob- robot. <laughs> yeah, the robot. Uh, where the, I'm going to close that music real quick. But yeah, what you're seeing right now is basically what, what it is doing. It's just uh, doing repetition of sitting inside in the seat, uh, simulating the weight of a, of a human being and the impact that it would have on that seat. But this is the, the significant part, obviously, is the look at the Cybertruck seat that we're, we're getting out of this here. And why uh, are they going to be important? Well, they're going to be important because you, if you want a Cybertruck, you're going to be sitting in them and you want them to be comfortable. But another point that I wasn't that much aware of is one of the reasons the, the pickup trucks are popular in the U.S. There, there's this running gag in the U.S. that, well, bigger is better, obviously, and a lot of people want bigger things like the, the big SUVs and the big pickup trucks. But and, and the pickup trucks are often linked with like um, blue-collar workers, like you can do things with them and, and whatnot. But a lot of people know that this, this, there's a lot of people that buy pickup trucks and don't use them for what they're meant to be. They just use, they, they just want the pickup truck. But one of the reasons for that that I didn't know is uh, larger people in the U.S. find the pickup truck seats much more comfortable uh, than most other vehicles. They're just generally larger, uh, wider support, and they don't, the, the, the plastic here, like, uh, so I, I had some of my larger friends complain to me, like, because uh, I kept selling them. They were, they were buying a, a new car and, um, I was pushing them towards a Tesla, as I often do, and they, they came back to me. And even with the Model X, which is obviously a bigger vehicle, you're like, yeah, it's not comfortable to me because it, and that person was uh, quite large. And they, it, they said that the, the, the plastic on the side would uh, hit them on their sides. And they don't, they don't like that. It's not comfortable, especially if you stay in it for more than an hour or so. So with 42% of the population in the U.S. being obese, it is something that when they buy a car, they think about. Um, I'm talking about like people, obviously, that are much larger, like the, the normal seats are comfortable for uh, most people. But when you're really obese, it is something that you think about. And those people also buy cars. <laughs> so the, the, it's uh, designing vehicles that fit a large percentage of the population. That's what's difficult. The seat design in a car is extremely difficult because you want something that would work with most people and most people are widely different in in shape and sizes like making a seat for someone that like a, a five foot tall woman and a, a six four man like it's you can imagine that's very difficult so this i think it's good news right now for a cyber truck like the way i'm seeing this looks like by far the biggest seat that tesla has ever done I don't know if you agree with me on that. Like it the side huge. supports look wide and very deep. Uh, and the, the what I've heard from several of those obese people about the seats, the seat design that they don't like in modern vehicle is this part here. So this part here generally goes up and push the side, the, 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 the I don't know what you call this part. It's like the side support, but at the bottom, I guess, like the side support for your ass. And uh, normally the plastic part goes up that to, to, to participate in the support. It doesn't there, which leads me to believe that Tesla has 
thought about that as part of it for us. So for larger people that uh, go over the seat, they wouldn't have plastic sticking into them. Um, so it sounds like Tesla has thought about it. <laughs> I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, lastly, about the Cybertruck uh, this week, about uh, today, um, a new Cybertruck prototype with a new camouflage wrap design has been spotted, a darker one. So the, the one we've been seeing around for the last few weeks or last month or two has been this one. Uh, we knew that Tesla has multiple Cybertruck with this camouflage. We weren't sure why. Uh, doesn't sound like they are release candidates since it sounds like Tesla just started last week building release candidates and this is um, prior to that. Um, so maybe that points toward the theory that uh, the, 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 the reason those trucks have wraps is to test wraps on trucks rather than camouflage it. Uh, but this new one is a different wrap, so maybe just is a different wrap testing or they're trying to camouflage it because this one could be very well be a release candidates. Um, and, and I think the camouflage is a bit better at camouflaging too. Like it's harder to see design details on, on the vehicle with that, uh, with that camouflage. Looks good though. Do you agree on this one? I know you've always been very like uh, your, your opinions as uh, up and down on the cyber no, truck. I, but... I think the camo or I think both of the wraps look like way better. I would say the the lighter one, the previous one, is still my favorite. But yeah. uh, this this also looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know. Like I I don't the know. Suspension if I... looks down in the front too, and this one looks very aggressive oh, yeah. to me. Like I, I I like it. I like the look. cheetah stance. Yeah, exactly. You're right. For those that don't remember, Tesla has a cheetah mode in the Mall S to get an aggressive stance before the a launch. Pouncing. Yeah, just like a cheetah. I think I, I think I had a pretty good Photoshop image for that one. Yes, you did. Um, all right, uh, back to the earnings now. Uh, we had the Tesla Energy uh, results. Solar is down bad year over year. Uh, went from 106 uh, megawatt deployed to 66 uh, over the same period. Uh, 67 last quarter, so marginally down quarter to quarter, but significantly down year to year. Uh, but the silver lining is obviously the storage, the energy storage appointment, which is up 222% year over year, down a little bit quarter over quarter, but you, you cannot blame Tesla for that because that's, these are, are huge, they're a huge project that sometimes they just don't come online in time and, and not necessarily Tesla's fault. So uh, there, there's going to be discrepancy quarter to quarter, but year to year for the next, at very least, Two years, probably more than that, because there's a new mega factory in China that is also being put online. Then there's the second production line in Latrop uh, that's being put online too. So I think for the next two or three years, probably beyond that too, as more capacity comes online, you're going to see massive year-over-year increases. But uh, 3.6 gigawatt hour is huge. Uh, for the solar, Tesla has uh, blamed it on, um, on the interest rates which is not a bad excuse these days. It, is, uh, it makes larger purchases more difficult for the average person. And uh, that includes cars and uh, solar too. All 
All right, this is uh, news that came out of uh, the earnings call following the, re- the release of the financial results. And it, it's Elon announcing that Tesla will allow full self-driving owners to transfer to new cars, but only for the next two months. So that's something that we talked about last week when we talked about the value of FSD and how Tesla only values it super high when it's convenient for them, which means when there's no trade-ins. When, <laughs> uh, when there's trade-ins, it's basically valueless, which is very frustrating for people who bought it a while ago because you don't feel like you want to upgrade your car since you lose the value on your FSD. Now you have to pay $15,000 to get the new FSD. It feels awful. Um, so we've been suggesting that, that, that solution for a while now. And Elon announced it, but <laughs> I'm going to sound like I complain right now. And it's because I am complaining, but I'm, I'm sticking to my opinion here. I didn't like how it was announced because um, it was announced like he was doing us a favor. It was announced like it's being used as a demand lever in Tesla. And why I feel like we have the right to complain here is because Elon himself has stretched several times that Tesla is about doing the right thing. They're always going to strive to do the right thing. So if you want to do the right thing here, you make this an open offer to all owners that bought FSD since 2016, if they want to transfer it to a new car, they can transfer it to a new car until Tesla actually delivers on the promised capacity. I feel like that's the right thing. But Elon, sure. in the call, he, first of all, he laughed at it. He's like, I'm sure people are going to be happy that we're going to announce it. We're going to announce it as a one-time offer amnesty. That's what he said. That is word. a one-time offer amnesty. This is one time. You have to do it. Uh, at first, he said you have to order the car within this quarter, by the end of this quarter. And now what we're seeing from people actually trying to use this offer is that you have to take delivery by the end of the year. And Tesla doesn't guarantee delivery by the end of the year. Uh, sorry, by the end of the year, the end of the quarter. So what this makes it now, it makes it a demand lever. Tesla is pulling a demand lever. They, they have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of uh owners of cars with FSD, with FSD package in it. Um, likely a big percentage of them were unwilling to upgrade their car because of that situation. Now they're going to place an order this quarter and that might help Tesla close the gap between production and demand uh, without having to increase, uh, to decrease the cost of their vehicle. They just uh, use that new demand from those owners. So it's a demand lever being pulled rather than Tesla trying to do the right thing here. And that's that's annoying to me as a big fan of the company and as an investor in the company and as someone who believed Elon naively maybe when he said that Tesla would strive to do the right thing. I mean, when I say believe him, I'm like, I, I believe the the intention behind it, but like in practice, it's Tesla is a near trillion dollar company these days and it, it sounds like it's acting a lot didn't used to act like one now it's acting a lot more like one these days and that's one of those moves i think yeah and so it brings up a lot of questions like uh could you go get a a car with full self-driving that somebody totaled and is selling for you know three thousand bucks i think i saw something like that on reddit yeah a lot of people are trying to do that right now so you just go get it and you you know you buy it it's yours you own an fsd computer or a car and uh you know traded it and how did so like both you and i are actually contemplating 
trading yeah, up our Yeah, obviously, because they put the fire on their ass now that it needs to happen this quarter. So, right. um, you know, I was thinking about maybe upgrading to a mall S. Oh, interesting. Uh, within the next year. Uh, but like that would require me to get a lot of cash out, uh, which I don't want to do this quarter. So now I'm thinking a mall Y instead, which would make a lot more sense because I have a lot of big... Uh, uh, purchases that I have to do this quarter regarding my house and uh, renovation, and all that. So I'm like, I don't want to, and I don't want to borrow money because obviously this is not a good time to borrow money. Like if you want to do that and buy a car, you have to, yeah, you have to pay cash basically. Um, yeah, I'm actually thinking about. So we got a Rivian, um, and we don't really need a third row vehicle now um, as a third car. So I was actually thinking of going to a Model Three. Um, from our, our model Y that we, we still have. And I'm like, can you buy a used one? Can you buy one that, uh, is an inventory that doesn't say that it's got full self-driving? I mean, just a software update. Um, like why yeah. wouldn't you, I so you could, so. Buy, you could buy a used one from Tesla for instance. Yeah. Cause, cause it's transfer it to, into another car. Like you right. can, you, and, and the car you it. buy doesn't have to have any kind of autopilot on it. I mean, autopilot comes now for free by default. Yeah, because when you have FSD, you have autopilot. So, right. Uh, well, uh, and yeah, in new car, it comes as default. But uh, there, in some markets, you do have the option of enhanced autopilot too. So right. there's like three tiers. There's a standard tier that's just autopilot and enhanced sense autopilot that has like navigate autopilot and some of those things. And then you have FSD beta. Well, FSD, which is FSD better in practice right now. And then, then the probably the biggest question is um, right now, you know, as of today, when I go to trade in my uh, model Y and I do the configurator online, um, it gives me a price and not, and it's typically not a good price, but um, it says that it's including the value of FSD still in the price that it's giving me. So how, how does that, uh, you know, and, and you obviously did a big story on that. Yeah. Um, so like, how does that, like, what is that going to look like? Well, like, that's what you need to do right now. And that's what I need to do too. So, uh, right now they were giving me $41,200 Canadian, but includes full self-driving value. So if I'm not selling them my full self-driving value, how much are they getting out of that? And that's going to be very interesting and I can't right. wait to do it because then they're going to have to disclose to me exactly how they are how valuing much. full self-driving right. inside my vehicle at this moment. And for um, me, it's going to be a huge, like if they're, you know, whatever they're going to do, it's going to be a, a significant amount. Uh, so, Well, that's the thing. So I, I'm not even sure they're going to do it. Right. Exactly. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like, ah, right, it's just like $41,000. That's that. Uh, we'll we'll right. do that instead of disclosing it because it looks so bad to, uh, I, uh, again, Elon was like, like, I don't, he, he, during the whole call several times, Elon was like, I don't even care about the gross margins on the vehicles right now because it, they, they, they don't account for people buying full self-driving, which they all going to do once we release it and everything. So, He's still selling this appreciating asset type of thing, but mm -hmm. we're not seeing that right no. now. If Tesla is depreciating after selling it, like I wouldn't be surprised if Tesla is selling it for less than I bought it, which was like $5,000. So uh, like if Tesla is like, all right, 
without FSD, if you want to keep your FSD, well, we'll give you $38,000 for your car right now. I'm like, all right. Yeah. It's, it's a kind of an open-ended question. It, I'm almost, I almost want to sell the vehicle just to find out. The <laughs> problem I have right now is my wife wants just wants huge vehicles and I want small vehicles. So, you know, I'm pushing for the Model 3 and she wants to get like a Model X. So we're, we have to like get through that, <laughs> that hoop. And I, like, I certainly don't want to pay for a Model X. Yeah. I wanted, uh, I checked the Model X too, but in Canada, it's insanely expensive. Right. Like, insanely expensive. Even the Model Y is kind of expensive, but um, I think it's a decent deal. If I can get a good trade-in price on my car, that also reduce the taxes and then I get FSD. So I, I'm going to have to get probably, I don't know, like 30,000 plus dollars out of pocket, but I get a brand new car on warranty. I upgrade from a model three to a model Y. So I get, I get my hatchback, which I like, I get a tow package, which I like too. Uh, mm, I'm true. getting a lot of toys these days, a lot of fun outdoorsy toys that I can right. move around. That would be nice. And the biggest one, if you are optimistic, is like I get my FSD for the cost that I bought it before on an hardware four vehicle. Right, hardware which, four. That's a big deal. Which like boosts my optimism about getting a one day a self driving Tesla, which my optimism is pretty low right now on, on my current right two thousand. So what about like just too. switching cars, like? If you, you know, he says that you can move it around. Like if you have two Teslas, like I used to have, and you move your, could you move your FSD from one car to the other? It's not like you could because, and and you should obviously, because you already were willing to upgrade before without having that option. You should right. be rewarded for that, in my opinion. So yeah, if you bought a new Tesla vehicle in the last year and you decide not to buy FSD, which I completely understand, and you still have a 2017, 2018 car with FSD, uh, it would be smart for you to transfer it to the newer version, especially if it's an hardware four version. Yeah, newer hardware for sure. Yeah. Ah, so many questions. This, this, this uh, car software as a service thing is such a new new world we're living in. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. I, I saw a few people saying that Tesla is, is one of of the move that Tesla is doing to reduce the potential impact of a class action lawsuit, which is already in the work, uh, where it would remove some people out of the class action if they take deals like that, uh, which mm. makes which makes sense. Uh, like if Tesla ever finally like reveals like we will never achieve what we promise on Hardware Three, um, if a lot of people upgraded to Hardware Four in the meantime. Um, then it's 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 not it's fewer people that are going to be part of that lawsuit. That's but I don't true. know because 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 right now we we keep saying like it's a big it's, it would be a huge lawsuit in the work because like every car since 2016 has been uh, has had the FSD hardware in them. But I would assume that only people that bought the FSD package would have a claim there, and we know that's not that high of a, it's significant. It's hundreds of thousands of people, but it's it's like uh, let's say between 10 and 15% of buyers since 2016. So it's not millions of vehicles like Tesla has on the roads right now. But at the same time, I don't know if even people who didn't buy FSD have a claim in there because 
there, you, you could argue that one of the reasons you bought the car right. is that you wanted to have a test of vehicles in which you could purchase FSD right. in the future. And that was part of your decision process. Uh, so there's an argument to be made there. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought of that, but that's, that's kind of a big deal. It could be a big deal. It could, it could be the difference between like a, a few billion dollar lawsuit and a tens of billion dollar lawsuit. Right. And, and so one other thing, um, so if you, if the full self-driving is very transferable, would you be able to sell your Tesla that had full self-driving to somebody else and then go buy and, and, and take the full self-driving to a different car, to a new car? Because, you know, a lot of people don't want to sell their Tesla back to Tesla because they give, you know, really poor prices. So yeah, that I think you'd be able to do. Yeah, you buy a new Tesla. Well, I mean, as long as you do it after the fact. I so mean, you, you buy a new Tesla, you, transfer your FSD from your old one, and then sell your old one. Right, so you would right. have to go through the purchase first before getting any money from your 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 sell. Because because it is like it makes it official in in the documents. It, it shows like Tesla can even remove FSD from your car a week before your trade in or a week before you you transfer it to a new car. Right. So. Could you could you not have a Tesla and have FSD like sell your car? Yeah, you're getting you're getting a Cybertruck in you know a couple years, right? And uh, you want to take your you want to put FSD on your Cybertruck, but you sell your car now. You you hold on to the FSD. Yeah, you 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 know you should be able to do that. I I feel like I don't think I don't think you are obviously. I don't think Tesla is going to allow that. And part of that. Uh, timeline that he's creating for upgrading is probably part of that. Like they don't want people to transfer it to a cyber truck because they're going to be able to sell the first few years of cyber truck production fairly easily. They don't, right. they don't need things like that. Um, but uh, I, I think you, you purchase a product for te- from Tesla that they never delivered. Uh, you should, you enti- you should be entitled to just have it, which is why I didn't, I really didn't like the way Elon um, presented that offer. Like you know, one time amnesty, like, all right, take that deal. And then we're done with this. Like, stop bothering me with that. Stop bothering me with the fact that I never delivered a product that I've been selling since 2016. <laughs> and you, it's, it's a really expensive product. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's just, it didn't like, and, and he had, it, it's not like we're not giving him a ton of leeway here. Like we know it's an extremely hard thing to do. It's, it, it's, it's a very well worth endeavor to achieve self-driving and, and for safety reasons and for for efficiency reasons and, and and for overall like the humanity would be better with self-driving and it's super hard to solve so it's okay to have delays but it's not okay to not uh make it right for for those delays like to and and, and to instead use it as a business move to create a demand lever it's just not i'm not a fan of the way you said same it. Especially yeah. in the context, like it, it, like a lot of people, like in in the comment of my article on this, they were like, "Oh, Fred, it's your first time dealing with capitalism, huh?" I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> "Okay, like so." I'm fully aware that this is a capitalistic move, but that doesn't make it above criticism. Like, right. especially and especially in the context of a company and a guy like Elon Musk who says Tesla will always strive to do the right thing. Well, this is one of those occasions that they they miss doing the right thing. I think. Yep. All right, speaking on the self-driving tech, uh, Elon also confirmed that Tesla is in early talks for licensing the self- or their self-driving technology with one major OEM, which w- would mean a major automaker. 
Who do you think it is? That's a big question. So who I think it is, I think we have a relatively short list, and that list is um, uh, is one of the automakers that Tesla has talked to recently for the superchargers. Because I can imagine a world where like Tesla didn't used to have a ton of communication with other automakers, but now right. thanks to the supercharger deals, uh, they, they have like a lot of direct lines with automakers talking about partnership. And they had that for uh, a few months now. And if uh, like we, we had a great tweet on electric a few days ago, a tweet that went viral actually with like 2 million, 2 million views. I'm trying to find it again. And uh, it, it had like a clear list of all the automakers that, uh, there you go right here, um, that uh, have all of the automakers that have and have not uh, made a deal with Tesla uh, for an axe. So I think that most likely it's one of them here. And obviously it's a major one. So I don't know if Rivian would count as a major one, personally. Aptera, definitely not. Volvo, Polestar, maybe. Mercedes, yeah, Volvo, and Polestar are pretty close to Google and Waymo, so that seems unlikely. And Mercedes is already at level three. Ford has Blue Cruise, and that's that's pretty far along. GM has Super Cruise, which is in many ways better than. Uh, yeah, FSD. GM is very unlikely to me just because of how much money went into Cruise, uh, right. the company itself. Ford is a possibility, in my opinion. Uh, Blue Cruise is nice, but it's very much level two. I don't. Is right. there plans for anything more than level two? Because um, because that's that's the that's the big difference between Tesla and almost everybody else. It's an automaker. I'm not talking about the like a Waymo that's a company just for for self driving. But most automakers they have like two separate programs. One is like consumer vehicles with ADAS technology in them so driver assist mostly level one level two level three in the case of mercedes for example um, and, and uh, uh, gm's uh, super cruise as level three to uh, is it considered level three which ends off but super cruise but there's yeah but there's driver no. supervision all the time yeah it's not level three yeah so, so but, but only ultra mercedes. cruise will be yeah, so only only Mercedes right now is level three, and most of them don't even plan level three. Most of them like stick to level two, and then they have a separate program for level four and five. But most of that is not consumer vehicles, but rather purpose-built autonomous vehicles, mainly for ride-sharing purposes, like taxi, robo-taxi services, and all that. Uh, Tesla has the completely different approach of putting all the hardware necessary in consumer vehicles or what hardware that they believe necessary to achieve level four or five self-driving and gradually reaching that through software updates. So this is a vastly different approach. Obviously, I think I, in, in term, as an automaker, it would be the most interesting approach because your business is selling vehicles to consumers uh, and this is the closest to your business. You'd still be selling vehicle to consumer with the potential of achieving greater level of self-driving in it. So I can see the appeal, especially for automakers that don't have that right now. So I would guess it's if it's anybody and Elon's just not straight up lying, I would guess it would be like a Stellantis uh, group, you know, like Ram or I don't know, Dodge, Chrysler or whatever. Because they don't have anything going right now with, with uh I, w I was gonna say Ford personally, even if they have things going. So I mean, Doug Field does 
head up their technology division. So that's either a plus or a minus. I just can't imagine for the life of me that Ford would give up the their full self-driving technology. But maybe they would. I don't know. Uh, it's possible. Like, I just don't like it. To me, it seems like a, a suicide move for your company if you're, you know, you're charging that work as Tesla and you're, you know. But you, Ford you, has had issues though. Uh, didn't weren't, weren't they like in Argo and that? Yeah, they were in Argo with BW and and they pulled out. But I would say Blue Cruise is is improving like leaps and bounds. Like they're they're getting a lot of updates. Like they have the hands off. They're approaching Super Cruise level of quality they just don't have as many roads mapped and you know obviously mapping roads is kind of a cheat but um they're it's getting much better and it's like it would be kind of weird to see them go with tesla stuff yeah it would be kind of weird but i don't i don't i think it it might be possible especially so one thing to take into account is like it's an extremely big endeavor to do that for automaker because you have to integrate all the sensors, which is all the cameras, Tesla's computer and all that. So, but the way I think it's, it would happen if, if it does happen, it did say early talks, uh, it, an automaker would do it in one vehicle program, just like they do right now. Like Ford, not everything has Blue Cruise, uh, GM, not everything has Super, uh, super Cruise um, so, and all that. So I think they would do it in one vehicle program, see how it goes see if it helps sales of that vehicle program like it has for Tesla. And if it does, uh, I don't know, like Ford has some problems right now, Ford, and we're going to discuss it later, but uh, they have uh, an inventory build up right now. Yep. All right. Should we do the read real quick? Yeah. 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 Just All right. This week's episode is sponsored by Pedigo Electric Bikes, America's number one electric bike retailer. Pedigo believes in making e-bikes easy to use and incredibly fun to ride. That's why they offer an extensive selection of over 20 e-bike models, each with endless customization options. No matter your style or preferences, Pedigo has the perfect bike for you. That includes the Avenue, the company's newest model designed with a classic European look paired with modern features. It has a 500-watt motor, 48-volt battery, and a range of up to 56 miles on a single charge, making it perfect for commuting or leisurely rides around town. The Avenue comes in both 28-inch classic and step-through frame and a 26-inch step-through frame, making it accessible for any rider. With over 220 stores across the country staffed with knowledgeable local experts and dedicated service technicians, Pedigo ensures that you, have, that you receive personalized attention and support every step of the way. Pedigo also offers a five-year warranty on all e-bikes, which is among the longest in the market. In July, Pedigo is running an exclusive promotion for electric readers. You can save up to $500 on their bikes, including their newest bike, the Avenue. You can visit pedigo.com slash electric to get access now or hit the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Pedigo for sponsoring. Yes, thank you, Pedigo. All right, uh, we still have a bunch of uh, news to discuss about the, well, just one or two about the earnings, and then we're going to move to other non-Tesla news. Uh, and then we're going to jump into your comment section. I think I saw already plenty of comments, but uh, we probably going to have a little bit of a time at the end of the show to discuss some. So if you have any questions, put them in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them in a few minutes because we are live. All right. So despite the earnings uh, meaning, beating, sorry, beating expectations, uh, Tesla stock crashed 
10% yesterday following their earnings, which was kind of surprising. Uh, people are attributing it to Elon saying that there's going to be lower production versus lower production this quarter versus last quarter. And he attributed that to global factory upgrades and a going to require some shutdowns throughout the quarter. So he says marginally lower production than the record production that happened last quarter. And there was also a real recall, like a physical recall with this that to bring 16,000 mole SNX back to the shop. I don't think uh, certainly not worth the 10% drop here. Like a 10% drop at Tesla is like a hundred, like $80 billion now. So this is probably like a few million dollar recall. Um, But yeah, the lower production, I don't know why it would affect the stock that much because especially if it is for factory upgrades, I mean, we know that's going to be at least for the Model 3 for the new island, the new version, Uh, but that's going to be Fremont and Shanghai. So uh, I don't know if that counts as global while it is two countries, two part of the world, but I don't know if they're also talking about maybe the more wide uh, production lines in Berlin and Texas also shutting down. I don't know. Uh, there could be some upgrades onto that too. All right. Um, we also learned that uh, Tesla is getting ready to get Bitcoin's payments back into the game. So this was kind of a, a little bit of a black eye for Tesla a few years ago when uh, Elon went full crypto and uh, got Tesla on board with a big investment. Tesla invested $1.5 billion into Bitcoins in early 2021, uh, contributed to a big rally in the crypto market, especially in Bitcoin. Tesla made a bunch of money and sold a bunch of Bitcoin uh, following that. But investing in Bitcoin was just one part of the uh, equation. Tesla was also starting to take Bitcoin as payment for their vehicles. And uh, they did that, but they did it only for a few days because there was a big backlash uh, from the Tesla community about the being against the mission due to the high energy use of the Bitcoin network and the fact that a lot of the mining of the Bitcoin was uh, being produced through fossil fuels, especially coal, uh, electricity production from coal. So Tesla announced just a few days later that it has suspended vehicle purchase using Bitcoin. I'm quoting here. We are concerned about rapidly increasing use of fossil fuel for Bitcoin mining and transaction, especially coal, which has the worst emission of any fuel. So a lot of people like laugh at Tesla on that. It's like, all right, you guys didn't know that a few days ago when we made an announcement. You had to like now you're worried about it after everyone like hammered you about it. But Tesla said that they always plan to go back to accepting Bitcoin payment. Um, in the future, once that issue is solved. And now there was an update on Tesla's website and the, in the backend, so it's not available yet, but in the backend, Tesla has new integration that, that involves Bitcoin as payment for their vehicles. So there was already crypto payment for the shops, but now it's back on the vehicle page and in the source code, source, source code of it. Um, so we don't know exactly what changed in order for Tesla to, to go back to it. If they're going back to it, like it sounds like they are, if they are putting that in the code. Uh, there were a few reports coming out lately that now more than half of Bitcoin mining is powered by renewable energy and the, the percentage of coal as uh, the mix of uh, energy sources within Bitcoin mining uh, has gone down. So maybe it's that. But I mean, 
it looks like it's still around. Like I, when I say it, it's more than half right now, it's like literally just just over half. I think it's fifty two percent from renewable energy, so still forty eight percent from um, from fossil fuels, and uh, and with the high energy usage rate for uh, uh, transitioning in, in Bitcoin, it might not be the most efficient uh, payment system for Tesla right now. Not just efficient, but definitely not the most efficient, but certainly not the most uh, uh, climate change friendly, let's say. So this was interesting here. Um, as part of a new supercharger project in uh, Massachusetts, Tesla had a solar canopy mentioned in the plan that uh, was called a cyber canopy. So it sounds like a custom Tesla solar canopy that's going to be used as a charging station. In the plan, there's no no details about the canopy that would make it a more Tesla-like or more cyber-like. Uh, but the fact that it's named cyber canopy makes it sound like it could be a potential Tesla product that's going to be deployed. Uh, I have I had an AI make a, a quick uh, visual of what of what that could oh, look like. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I just I, I literally just prompt make an image of a solar canopy inspired by the Cybertruck. And that's one of the things they came up with, which I, I thought was kind of cool looking. Interesting. I thought it was uh, just like graphic art or something. Yeah, no, it's uh, AI. Which, which one did you use? Midjourney? Yeah, Midjourney. Yeah. Um, I'm a subscriber to Midjourney. All right. So why I think that's, could be interesting is that there's this this communication I had with Elon's in the for six seven years ago now wow. geez that was a while ago where he said that uh, Tesla would he link the increased rollout of solar and batteries at supercharger with supercharger V3 which came and went and never happened um, and even later, he added that uh, Tesla planned to add solar and batteries to all supercharger stations and eventually disconnect most of them from the grid. That has also yet to happen. Tesla has added solar and batteries to some of their supercharger stations, but an extremely limited number. As far as we know, Electrify America has deployed more Tesla batteries at charging stations than Tesla has at their, uh, their own stations. So it really has not happened we were hoping that maybe with supercharger V4, and we've seen some plans for some supercharger V4 station that does include solar and batteries, megapacks to be precise. So maybe that they skipped the V3 and now with V4, this is finally going to happen. And maybe it's going to happen with a, a specially designed cyber solar canopy product. That would be cool. Uh, what I thought would be nice is like we've seen Tesla to accelerate the deployment of supercharger station. They are making prefabricated superchargers that they are deploying super quickly at, at a station because it's it's hard. Take, it takes a while to deploy a supercharger station. That prefabricated process helps a lot. So maybe they do a prefabricated solar canopy that they can just drop on top of uh, of some superchargers and then boom, they have solar there. You arrive with a mega pack, connect that to it. Bang, you have a a nice supercharger station with batteries and solar that just shave off that peak uh, charging rate that is killing uh, a lot of a lot of the charging station, uh, making them a lot more expensive to operate, and the cost has obviously been uh, 
reflected in the bills when you go to those uh, charging stations. So Tesla is going to want to avoid that and batteries mainly, but also solar, obviously, because uh, at times you have downtime at those stations and solar can trickle charge those batteries and, and so on. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm very hype about that. I'm very hype about Tesla using its own solar and batteries products into its own business. I think that's, uh, that's going to be a big deal. Tesla is doing a lot of that. Like the, the Tesla semis can be super useful for Tesla. Eventually, the robots, the, the Optimus robots, if successful, are going to be super useful for Tesla internally. Like the, it, I, I like a business like that. Like we're doing cool, useful things that we want. And if we want them, probably other people will want them. <laughs> so uh, I think that should be like the, the basis on um, any business. Just like electric, like when electric didn't exist, like I wanted to have an electric around, yeah. like it's useful. So like Seth, it was like, hey, we'll make one. <laughs> Let's do it. And now we're uh, sponsoring electric uh, Formula Sun Grand Prix, and we're doing all we get to play with those kind of toys. Mm-hmm. It's all great. All going full circle. Yeah. All right. This was an interesting one this week. Uh, Tesla, well, or more specifically, Tesla's board members settle a lawsuit uh, against its own, uh, brought on by its own shareholders, uh, the police and fire retirement system of Detroit that sued Tesla or to sue Tesla board member back in 2020 over excessive board compensations. Um, so it's not the first, there's, there's a few of those lawsuits going around when it involves the Tesla, especially with Elon and his uh, 2018 CEO compensation plans, which is worth like $55 billion, which um, is also being, uh, it's at the end of its court case right now. But this is a separate one specifically for the board members. There's 12 different defendants. So there's been a lot of turnaround on Tesla's board over the last uh uh, well, it's, this is this is since 2017. So when when Tesla started making a little bit of money, that's when the board started getting paid. And uh, surprisingly, Tesla settled this lawsuit again. The board members settled this lawsuit, and it's a big deal. They are returning over 735 million dollars worth of stock awards. That's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Obviously, Elon is in there, so I I, I would. I think maybe Elon has a lot of to do with like that that amount. I I went and I saw the the, the submitted one. I cannot find a breakdown between all the board members because there's there's a lot of them. Murdoch is on there. Larry Ellison is on there. Uh, Denholm, the the chairwoman, is on there. I like, said so everyone since like very everyone until like. Um, uh, GB Strobel is is not because he just was just elected just now. But everybody else, I think, is on there. Uh, maybe the Japanese guy, the Japanese billionaire. I'm not sure he's on there if he got some money or not. Uh, but yeah, it's a 458 million dollars worth of stock. So that can be like awards that they are giving up, or that they are returning if they have exercised, but they haven't sold it. And $276 million cash. So that's stock awards that were exercised and then sold. So it, it's it's a lot. Like, And that is being returned to Tesla, obviously. So, so whenever this goes through, and it, is, it was approved uh, just yesterday, actually, um, so that the news came out like a few days ago because when, when they submitted the settlement, but the judge had to approve it. Now it has been approved. And... Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be a decent deal for Tesla in that quarter when when the the, the stocks go back because it's going to reduce their stock awards significantly by four hundred fifty eight million and they're going to have two hundred seventy six million dollar cash on their hand unless there's some kind of payment plans which is not 
which is not impossible. And now the other thing that's interesting amid that is that the judge overseeing this case, uh, Chancellor Kathleen uh, McCormick, what is this chancellor thing? I don't know. I don't know you guys have that in the U.S. Or maybe it's uh, because this is like I guess this is Delaware. I would maybe in Delaware or some weird things like that. Possibly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like sounds, a school name. Yeah, but <laughs> no, but the chancellor thing, like it sounds like it's uh, uh, it, that's that's our title. It's not our name, right? I I would imagine. Yeah. I thought I thought it was more like a like a European thing. Like we have that in Canada, like the the, the judges and the the lawyers that like have to do the robe thing. Right. <laughs> so it right. sounds more like this thing. It's uh, reminiscent of uh, the the monarchy. Anyway, she is also the judge on the CEO compensation plan, which Elon didn't want to settle, uh, and now she is due soon to release our a um, judgment on it. So it's interesting that she had like both case with the board compensation and then the CEO compensation separately. And the you, you have to assume that part I mean, of the that, reason... That's going to be a big one. Yeah, like, that's that's a lot bigger. That's, that's that what could I'm be saying. like hundreds of billions of dollars. Well, uh, tens of billions of dollars. But I think yeah. it's 55 billion uh, top. Uh, but you have like Tesla didn't admit to any wrongdoing obviously the Tesla boards again we need to be precise on that it's not Tesla it's the board of directors they didn't admit to any wrongdoing they said they they are settling to get rid of the case and to avoid any further uh legal costs okay but what you don't usually you don't usually give up hundreds of millions of dollars yeah so we we know that it probably wasn't looking great for them which is why they settled right Uh, I mean we're assuming here but safe assumption so if you and the the cases are similar so the the basis of the case obviously it's not that it's only that it's excessive compensation that you can that's as obvious in both cases in both the 55 billion dollars yeah just the fact that the board is getting hundreds of millions of dollars like who what board gets hundreds of millions of dollars yeah so they're both excessive there's no doubt but the the case uh, lies on. I'm no I'm no lawyers here. Don't try, don't quote me on that. But what based on my understanding is that it's uh, the way that they are being awarded. It's inappropriate because of like collusion within the board and and what and, and like they're all friends of Elon's and all that. Like that's the thing. It looks bad. Uh, obviously, Elon has fought that before. Like and he won in the Solar City case, for example, which. Uh, was also related to him placing friends and family on, on boards and, and all that. So he has a chance to get away with it. And obviously, Elon, when it comes to lawyers, he's uh, lawyered up to the gills. Right. Uh, so he, he's, he's good on that. Or litigation team. Yeah. But in this, in this case, I think maybe there's, there's something that, that could have happened with that $55 billion compensation plan. So maybe that gets cut a little bit. And that would have a giant impact also on Tesla, whatever quarter this happened. Like, Tesla getting back, uh, let's say, a few tens of billions of dollars work in stock awards. That changes a quarter. Yep. That'd be big. So something to look out for. All right. Uh, so that came earlier this week and the announcement that Ford is slashing prices across this, its uh, F-150 lineup. Uh, it's saying it's because it has an increased production capacity. So uh, supply is up, but there's a... More than a little suspicion that it, there's, there's maybe a bit of a demand issue. 
uh, for the truck uh, as their, their Ford's EV inventory has been going up lately. And there, there's rumblings that um, the higher levels at Ford are kind of worried about that. And uh, Lightning is among those uh, programs that uh, are seeing inventories down. We, we discussed last week when all the numbers came up that uh, we weren't really impressed by Ford uh, the EV numbers uh, last quarter. And now uh, they are trying to uh, mitigate that by slashing the price on the Lightning. So you can see here in this chart, uh, it's it's basically a six thousand to ten thousand dollars price cut, but it's very significant because the, the the higher price cuts are for the lower hand models. Yep. Um, so the base price drops from sixty thousand to fifty thousand dollars for the Pro version, which is very close to the original price that was announced uh, for the Lightning, but was increased dramatically over a few price increases uh, uh, last year when the EV price went through the roof. Um, now it is being revised down significantly. And if you want the extended range version to get the 300 miles out of the, out of the truck, uh, now it starts at $70,000 rather than $79,000 or $9,000 price cut here. And then if you want the, the fancy Lariat uh, version or Platinum version, you're still going to have to spend a lot of money at uh, $78,000 and, uh, and, and $92,000 for the Platinum version. But fifty and $70,000 uh, are the, the, the most popular model here, extended range and normal pro version. It's interesting. Yeah. And and uh I think today we talked about how Darren Palmer, kind of the head of the uh Model E electric vehicle program, said it wasn't a bad thing that uh dealers are gonna get some inventory and they're not gonna be sold out uh, you know the day they arrived at the, the dealership. Um, lower I, markups you're talking about, right? Yeah, lower markups and like, you know, maybe there's some choices and people can go to a Ford dealer and you know, pick out their car instead of, you know, having to order one online. And I'm not saying like going to the dealer is a great experience, but if you want a car right now, you can go get one right now. And some, yeah, some, they cases. are out there. Yeah. yeah. Elon briefly commented on this news on Twitter. He, he didn't know that he said that, um, the F-150 lightning is a good vehicle. I quote, but that he believed it is too expensive. And the fact that he said that amid the, the launch of the Cybertruck and the lack of pricing on the Cybertruck, it led some people to believe that maybe he is indicating that the Cybertruck would come cheaper than the Lightning. Um, Not anytime soon, though. Well, that, that's, the, that's the thing. So, so I don't know. We'll forget about the 50,000 version, obviously. Uh, but... What I think could happen, so obviously the goal here is lower than $80,000 right. uh, because of the tax credit in the U.S. And so what I could see Tesla do is like this here, the XLT extended range version, which is uh, the 300 plus mile version at $70,000. That could be achievable probably with maybe... Um, same pricing but longer range version, like a 350 plus miles version at $70,000 with a dual motor. That that could be that could be nice. That could be well, it could be nice for, for Tesla, but not, <laughs> not for Ford. Like, I don't know if, if Tesla brings out the 350 mile range cyber truck at $70,000. Well, we're gonna add some competition. Yeah, we'll we're see. gonna see Ford maybe slash the price. 
is Ford is not making any money on this, right? You think? Nope, no way. Not Indeed. after the price cuts, anyway. Yeah, they probably were before the price cut, and now not so much. Uh, so last week we didn't have any NAX update, and it's oh boy, what's happening with that picture? <laughs> a little, uh, little yeah, flat squished in. Okay. Um, there was no NAX update, but there is one this week. There was one more automaker getting on board, and the first Japanese automaker finally getting on board, which is Nissan. Basically, same announcement as everybody else, uh, getting uh, NAX on the North American area and future vehicles coming out uh, following 2025 and adapters being offered prior uh, for not to kill the existing cells of their of their vehicle. Well, the area, I think the leaf is... Uh, <laughs> Chademoa. Right. We can forget about it. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Nissan at the same time will be selling a Chatamo, a uh, CCS combo, and a NAX adapter. Yeah, basically, yeah. Or next year at some point, they'll probably have one of each at some yeah. point. These news are kind of getting boring now, though, because, like, obviously we know it's it's all going to, like, it's just right. some it's are slower than others, but right. it's it's all going to happen soon. Uh, quick news about the Volvo EX90. Uh, it's being delayed one more time and uh, quite significantly, like especially when you add up the, 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 the to the other uh, the other delay from a few months ago that pushed it to early 2024 instead of being this year or late this year. Now it's going to be probably mid uh, 2024. 20, uh, so it's almost a year late at this point. And... Um, the 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 team the Volvo team said that it's due to uh, lidar software issues, so they're trying to uh, put some software together for their lidar sensor that is on the vehicle, and there's been delays on that, and it's uh, pushing the truck. Sorry, the entire truck program later. Honestly, I don't understand it much because uh, I you're supposed to have software update over the air capability on this. I couldn't just ship the car and. Uh, Make the LiDAR, like, the is the LiDAR that critical to the operation of the vehicle? I know Volvo is bid on safety, and I'm sure there's safety features that are related to the LiDAR, but they're also selling other vehicles without LiDAR systems right now that are pretty damn safe. So, yep. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not, like, Tesla is such a big advantage on that front here with just, like, shipping product and updating the software later is I know, that's a game changer. Huge, huge. All right, uh, we can jump into the comment section. Uh, already right. an hour in, though, but we I'll try to go quick. This. I gotta go. I gotta go to Oppenheimer later. Oh, so. lucky you! All right, uh, Jonathan Root. Tesla needs more models, especially if they want to keep growing production. Four plus years since last product unveiling. Well, we got a Cybertruck coming, so that'll be one more at least. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. All right. Question: Can you say how much the solar panels on Tesla's charging stations contribute? Do they capture a significant amount of energy from the sun? Well, obviously, it depends on how big they end up being. But they, they are like that's the thing with solar canopies, like anything over a parking lot, is that it's fairly simple. Like you don't have to deal with different roofs all the time. Especially if they have a new like prefabricated product, it would be great. Uh, but yeah, like Seth said, obviously it depends on the size of the the actual parking lot where the supercharger goes. And um, but it's it, fairly easy to put twenty, thirty, forty like depending on the size like i can see easily a 60 kilowatt uh solar canopy being deployed mm-hmm. which 
is not a lot when you think about it, obviously, because of like one station can deploy 250 kilowatts. But a lot of times there's no one there too. So you can accumulate the solar in the battery. The batteries is the big deal. You have to have the batteries and then the solar complements the batteries. Yeah. And if you don't have batteries, the solar would, when nobody's there, would send uh, energy back into the grid. Exactly. Theoretically, they would get credit for that. If the battery is not full. Right. All right. Uh, seems like a smart move for Tesla to be in Texas. Everything big in Texas. We were talking about the chairs at that point. Well, everything is big. <laughs> uh, it's not just Texas, obviously. Like All right. Do we have any? The Midwest has a lot of trucks. That's true. Do we have any HVAC news from Tesla? I don't nope. think we have anything. I'm keeping an eye on it, though. I'm looking at like job posting and all that, and I haven't seen anything that's a lock just yet. All right. Uh, moving on. Like the car geek, will Tesla get into the wrap business or leave it to an independent authorized dealers? I personally would love, would not drive one in naked stainless. What do you think? Well, if you take Tesla to its word, the comments have been made. It sounds like Tesla wants to leave it to other business. But I don't know, the Cybertruck, uh, we've seen lately has given me some hope right now i'm saying i'm at like 70 percent chance that uh, tesla doesn't get into it 30 percent chance that they get involved uh camo equals accident finder uh what's that mean i think maybe because it's camouflage you don't you won't see it and you hit it I, I think that might be a joke i don't know um let's see let's try to get to some good ones here um, is it possible to make Cybertruck with more rounded corners? It's possible, obviously. With sharp corners, Cybertruck will not meet European standards of passive safety for pedestrians. Oh. Is that really that big of a deal? Like, I don't want to get hit by a truck with rounded corners or sharp corners. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no uh, anyway, I don't, I don't think that Europe is... Tesla's target market for the Cybertruck, obviously. Hopefully not, yeah. FSD transferred to new cars for two months. Seems like a half-assed offer. I bought my Model 3 in 2018 with FSD and would like just a credit on my Tesla account. I don't want to buy a new car immediately. We're in agreement here, and I think that's yeah, a think, big part of our argument. I think a legal decision may have you have that happen at some point. Uh, transfer of FSD is only good for a new car from Tesla, not a used car, according to their agreement description of the offer. Okay. Yeah, but that's the new you're buying. Like the people that are buying used, they're buying used car with FSD, so they have the car with FSD, and then they are applying the FSD on the new car. That's what we're thinking. All right, Tesla should have a more reasonable FSD package for people and a separate package for fleet Uber. As it stands, it's not worth 15k for most people. Well, Tesla does have the subscription. Yeah, which which I think if I was starting now, I would wait. I, first of all, I wouldn't buy it right now anyway for any price, but in the future, I would probably go with the subscription. Yeah, and I mean the subscription can be good too for like other things. It's uh, I think it's, it's Fernando. I think that reached out to me uh, and nine to five. What's Fernando's job at nine to five again? <laughs> He's a video guy. It's our video guys, ninety five. Uh, so he has a Model Y, and he doesn't have FSD on it. But he's going on a big road trip next month, so that that uh, subscription is good for that. Like you pay your two hundred bucks, and during that road trip, you have all the features of full self driving, which can be useful, even though it's the beta itself is not that useful right now. There's a, a lot of things that comes with it that can be useful. 
All right. Uh, Riley Sanders asked, do you think they scrapped the exoskeleton because the crash tests go better with crumple zones? So I actually did talk a little bit about the, not exact, well, I'm, I mean, exhaust, whatever they mean by exoskeleton. Um, they, um, well, it was more about the bigger casting part, but it, it looks like that's what Cybertruck is going to be too. And Tesla actually argued that it's not worse for crash testing or for repair to have whatever it is that with the Cybertruck. All right, Jonathan Root says Tesla will say that the original Cybertruck models aren't offered and will avoid reserved FSD pricing. Classic Elon move. Uh, I don't know if that's how it's all going to go down. Oh, uh, I think there, I I I didn't follow that story close enough to 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 really know what I'm talking about here. But so, I, I remember some people claiming that if you reserve the Cybertruck at the time you reserved it, you locked in the opportunity to buy FSD at the price it was when you locked it in in 2019. I remember people saying that, so maybe that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I, I never, I, I never knew that to be honest. And uh, to to me, it doesn't sound like Tesla at all. So I, I never thought it was like a real thing. All right, moving on. Pretty sure Tesla's stock price crash has to do with the gross margins dropping to nine percent. That's legacy car margins with the tech company valuation. Yeah, that, that you're wrong right now. Here you're talking about the operating margin at nine percent. Uh, the gross margin is at eighteen uh, percent, and nine percent is high for an automaker. So it's not. Uh, well, I mean, some automakers are at nine percent, but not because of their car selling business, because of their parts selling business. It's completely different, or and their financing too. I would call the FSD transfer capability demand suppression in any quarter it doesn't exist rather than demand driver in the quarter it does exist. Yeah, so some people have this, uh, what Will is saying here is like they, they think that this is going to be a recurring offer that this is going to use when, when it needs it, which is very likely based on historically what Tesla has done. So yeah, you might be right. All right. It is easy to do 100 to 300 kilowatt solar. See Taco Bell job, according to Ethan Littman. Yeah, I mean, Ethan, I'm sure you're right there, but like maybe that that works for like a, a 20 plus stall supercharger station, but like for a 10, 12 stall supercharger station, I don't know if uh, if that's realistic, but um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. All right, Stefan is putting 100% of his money on Ford mm-hmm. being the FSD license. I mean, team. if you look at what like Jim... Jim seems to like Tesla, seems to yep. be receptive to it. Uh, Jim irritated Ford to like post Argo and all that. So maybe he's like, we need a way to catch up on the aisle, sorry, on the higher level of uh, automation, obviously. Again, Blue Cruise is great for what it does at the level two. All right. Tesla has not been doing much in the vehicle to grid space. Yeah, that is strangely true. Well, I mean, Tesla has always been clear that they, they see more value in controllable load versus vehicle to grid. Uh, but they also said that Cybertruck onward, everything's going to have the capacity to do vehicle to grid. So, All right. Toronto Greenhouse asked, when does Tesla launch a $25,000 platform? If they're going to produce them in Mexico, I think they'd do it soon. Well, they do it soon. Uh, Mexico has still haven't had their authorization to 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 build just yet. So I mean, broken ground. Yeah. So I don't I don't know about that. Uh, I think it's going to be next year, most likely, because the rest of the year is going to be Cybertruck, uh, and then there's going to be Cybertruck ramp up. So I think we won't see any new vehicle unveiling until probably Q 
Q3 2024, I think. All right. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening to the show this week. If you are still listening right now, an hour, 15 minutes in, we do appreciate you tremendously. And uh, you can give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe. It helps the show a ton. You can give us a five-star review on the app you're listening. And uh, we're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one.